Ask the GM's Podcast, Episode 12, How to Become a Better Role Player. This is Zach, and welcome to Ask the GM's Podcast. I've been a game master and board gamer for years, and I want to welcome you to a fun podcast. Send it off to Lindsay. Hi, everybody. I'm Lindsay. Uh, I am a big fan of the TTRPG. I've been playing them for about five or six years now, and uh, I'm happy to be here with everybody. I'm going to pass it over to Ian. Hello, everyone. Ian Harper here, and I've been playing games since they invented Dust. Um, yeah, this and this is going to be a good episode because i uh, very excited to share some tips with everybody. It's going to be good. Let's pass it off to R.C., uh, hey everybody, I'm RC. I'm the semi-retired Forever GM, um, and you know, I'm just happy to be a player and be around now. I'm passing off to Rob. Well, hey, I'm Rob, and I'm also here sometimes. Um, and I'd like to shout out a few people while we're here. Shout out to Cape Fear Games and the Sideboard Cafe, where we typically play. Also, going to throw a shout out to one of our listeners, Jeremy, for suggesting today's topic. Uh, so, Jeremy, this one is for you. And sending it back over to Zach. Thank you. Clearly not Pat, Rob. You're greatly welcome. It can get confusing sometimes. Uh, yeah. yeah. We would be doing the Aliens RPG, but Brian's in Vegas, so we're going to take a quick break and switch to a fan-requested episode. So the big goal this evening is, you know, how to start becoming a better role player. No one starts with a mastery of these skills. There's a variety of them. We're each going to read one off and then kind of talk about the pros and cons of each, give our own perspectives. Uh, My starter one is be here in both mind and body. Be at the table, be open, be listening. I completely agree with this. This, this, Zach, to me, is probably the foundation of role-playing. This is how you know what's going on have to process what's being told to you and the things the the reactions from the other players are going to affect what you do um so yeah this is this is key this is found i would call it foundational precisely i mean you can't build anything if you if you're not if you have if you have no idea what's going on you can't help build on anything it's like you said it i think that yes it is the foundation of what you're building together and uh, just just from, you know, popping into this group six or seven months ago, you guys have really reinforced that right from the get-go because you don't want to miss small details like who wants to catch this as a, as a check versus... Oh, that, exa- that example will, will come back up in the future, but yes. But yeah, just pay attention. Uh, it's collective storytelling. We're all here to tell a story together. Sure, the, the GM or... The game master, the storyteller, whoever is running everything, but you're you're still here to put your part in. And Rob. Oh, sorry about that. I wasn't here in both body and mind. Oh, yuck, yuck. No, okay, never mind. That yeah, was good, dude. Trust me. That I, I was I was <laughs> laughing, but my mic was muted. Because if you don't, that'll happen. Well, thank you, Robin. Do you want to lead the next topic? Yeah, I'll do the next one. So this one, um, how to be a better role player. The best thing I can think of is uh, not being afraid to try things. It kind of goes hand in hand with the one we just talked about, like being present and and participating. Um, But I I don't know if it's, it's probably it's either me or Brian, the newest uh, person to, 
tabletop RPGs in our little group. Um, but I'm pretty new. And Zach will tell you, I don't always know how everything works. I'm catching on by this point. But um, I've still had fun by just kind of like, you know, taking a whack at it and not being afraid to jump in and try stuff out. Uh, especially if you have a good group like this one, people will tell you if you do something that's like not allowed or a faux pas or whatever, and and they'll course correct you. But just uh, not being afraid to participate is uh, is my little golden rule. And Lindsay, did you want to follow up on that? I think I also wanted to add to it, maybe. Um, I think it's important to not be afraid uh, to put yourself out there. And I think it's just as important at the table to be the to be a person who makes it a comfortable place where you can put yourself out there. I think those go hand in hand, but definitely um, um, I agree with Rob on that one. And it can be hard. And trust me, I know. It can be hard um, to, <laughs> there's a lot of trust that goes into this to do this um, because you're really putting yourself out there and doing something that most people don't ever really do anything like this. And so, you know, and you're creating something together. So it's, you're putting a lot of yourself into something. So there's a lot of trust at the, that's has to be at the table. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you brought up the, the, issue of trust when you're trying new things because you have to trust that you're not going to be judged on the the crazy thing that you just thought that oh I'm going to try this out um I, I'm obviously the type of player that um does not fear trying new things at uh at the table um you, you just have to do it and uh you just have to go with it um I wish I had better advice beyond that. Um, it's 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 almost to me, it's it's almost an entertainment factor. Is I, I want people to get a kick out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and I feel you on that one. I feel like that's the uh, guiding factor of most of the decisions that I make. Is um, you know what's going to get a laugh or be entertaining or um, you know be engaging. So I feel you on that one. And RC. Yeah, I mean, it just comes back to the whole fact that this this is a story that you guys are all making together. You're totally welcome to push the boundaries. Like, within the last year, some of the most memorable stories that I've had with this group have been some of the crazy things that Ian has done as a, as a player. We're out of the blue. It's like, nope. He's gone completely off the deep end, and now this is how the rest of the story is going to play out. We're all going to work with this, and don't don't be afraid to play along with it or to add your own little thing to it because people people will go along with you whenever you start doing really wacky stuff. I just love the fact that you go along with it. That's what I like. It, it's just always going to stick with me. You dragging Jesse into hell, like nothing. Nothing that that whole game was just one session, and it was like you ramped it up to eleven, and I loved it the whole time. Well, it's just Call of Cthulhu is easy because, like, when when your sanity goes all the way into the toilet, it's just you have to have fun with it. You just have to. It's just why not? RC and a similar example uh, on Tuesday's game when. Sean was asking to push your role and how he failed. And the fact that we were all like, it's up to you to describe how you're pushing and how you failed. We're willing to go with you. Yeah. 
yeah no that that was how i started to see it after like we we had gone through it a couple times because i think our group's kind of been terrified of pushing rolls um and this just call it Cthulhu mechanics thing where you can you can roll again it's just if you fail this time it's really bad um RC, RC that's it, funny because you guys have no problems pushing roles in my game. <laughs> I am not afraid to anymore, Ian. <laughs> but it, what it ultimately comes down to is like, we're all going to be here. We're going to listen to what crazy thing that you've done to push this role. Are you pushing a climb, trip, climb check, climbing up a slippery ladder? That's not a big deal. It's like, oh no, I just the rung broke on me. So I'm just going to catch the next rung with my other foot. If you fail that one, you that rung breaks too, and you fall the rest of the way back down. We'll just go with however you choose to describe how you're pushing said roll. You know, set someone on fire with their telekinetic, telekinetic ability. Oops. Whoops. I mean, Ian warned me. <laughs> Uh, anyway. no, well, actually, as the keeper, that's part of my duty. When you push a roll, I have to warn you that it could be bad. You were like, have you ever seen Firestarter? And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a spoiler alert, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what is your opinion of the movie The Mist? Ah, uh, okay then. <laughs> Ian, would you like to lead the next topic? Yeah, um... I like Brian's uh, point number two here, uh, except that everyone role plays differently. This is very important to me because I'm very big on diversity, not just in role playing, but in just social, you know, life as well, or, or in any any aspect of life. I'm I'm a big fan of diversity, which I think everyone knows. Um, so you you have to be at the table and expect that. People are going to approach the game and the scenario and the task at hand, whatever it is, they're going to approach it in a different way than you might. And instead of trying to fight that, why don't you just go with it and see what they're going to come up with? Because um, I, there's been several times, um, I'm just going to say from a keeper's perspective, there's been several times that this group has completely ended what I wanted to do with a story and I I like this better. I, I I like where the group took it way better. So the the point I'm trying to make is is just go with it. It's going to somebody's going to do something crazy and you can play off of that. And intro, introducing that diversity really promotes that. So I like this point that Brian made here. Yeah, I'm glad we brought this one up. And and since Brian's not here, I'll share a, a Brian story that he and I have discussed. Um, he and I were playing a game one time. I forget like the context of the game, but I remember this story. Um, he was playing as a dwarf or some other like you know made up mythical being, and uh, he did uh, an accent with it, which wasn't the accent that fits it. Another player at the table said that they were like, "Oh, that's not what dwarves sound like." And he and I both had the same thought. We talked about it later and just sitting there thinking like, oh, the completely made up mythical creature that isn't real sounds different than this. Like, just uh, just roll with it. Everybody's going to play it a little different. Doesn't have to match what you saw in the Lord of the Rings movie or something like that. It's all fine. Yeah, I actually specifically remember this character. It's Edinar, his, uh, his 
his high elf that sounded like a rooski. And it was like, that's oh, not yeah, that's a big deal. And see, I think that's a great choice. I love that. I, I don't see. I, I don't. I don't see anything wrong with that. And I think that that goes back to the point of try to be. You need to try to be a person who you have to try to be supportive at the table. That's that's huge. Um, because things like that happen. Um, unfortunately, like I was thinking about this earlier, and I thought about Brian had told me about that as well, and. Uh, like I said, it's it's really important to to also be the the kind of supportive person that you know that will make others feel like they're that their ideas are welcome and and you know that's just uh, I feel like that plays into it too. I also think a big part of it is like that's your signature as a role player. That's you. It's your actor and style. It's what you bring to the table. I know personally, uh, I'm a little more. Uh, direct as a role player. I'm very goal-oriented. That's just me from being a DM. But at least I set fun things up. Like, Ian, I guarantee there's plenty of times you're like, I don't know where this is going, but it sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. Because I have like a goal set in mind. Well, and and I, I don't... Nine times out of ten, I don't know what that goal is, but uh, to back to what we were talking about, I just go with it. I just I let him do it because it's it's going to be it's going to be good. It's, it's going to be something that we can work with. And, and I like, I call it storytelling fuel and, and you guys just dump it all over the table. RC, do you want to lead the next topic? Yeah. Um, I guess we'll go into this one. Expect failure, plan on it, live with it. You get really great stories out of failing, especially in RPGs. There are so many times when it's like, well, I'm going to die guys. And it's like, I'm at least going to help everybody else escape. That is my favorite story to start this with. It's like the sacrificial hero. That's failure. But it's failure in a way that lets everyone else live. So, RC, that's a great point. Because the, 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 the story that you guys like so much about me dragging the other player into hell, that started with a critical failure. Zach, if you remember... It was a critical spot, uh, fail, uh, spot hidden failure in the office, and that's isn't that how my character got possessed? Yeah, you had a revelation, and it went really far into sanity. But it was it, it started out as a it, it, it was a hundred. I rolled a one hundred. Like that was, and to me, that was not a failure. That was a, a story success. So I don't look at dice failure as failure if that makes any sense. I promise you, as a role player, if you design every like future action that you want to attempt, cool or not, if you design that to fail, you're going to be a better role player. If it succeeds, bonus. Prepare for whatever you want to do to fail, and you'll be prepared to act it out better. I promise you. Like... Um... It's just, it's not a game. When you're sitting at the table with everyone, you're telling a story together. It's not a game you're trying to win. And that failure is going to happen. And if you plan for it, like you said, you'll be able to, you'll be able to better build upon it and then build a better story. I mean, stories, great stories don't come from, and everybody succeeded every time and now it's, it's done, yay. 
Like that's just not how it's not how it works. Yeah, my my go to uh, rebuttal to when people are acting that way, I'm like, if you want to write a story, go home and write a story. Um, we're that's not what we're doing here. You know, it's the collective storytelling, or we're doing something together. We're not just trying to sit here and make everything go exactly the way you planned it. That's boring. Yep. And Lindsay, would you like to lead the next topic? Sure, absolutely. Um, this is something that I think I even struggle with um, still um, is to, um, and it can be kind of nerve wracking, especially in the beginning, but when your turn comes around, try to take your time and don't feel rushed. Um, sometimes I feel rushed and I think I get a little anxious. Um, I think I still struggle with that, but um, just take a deep breath and take your time you know, go over everything in your head. What kind of situation are we in? Take a look, you know, just try to, you know, always have your sheet um, with you. Um, I even like to have some other thing, like if I have certain abilities outside, you know, I have them written down on a separate sheet or card. Um, but uh, says, woman, time. you got mind powers. Use exactly, them. exactly. So we're we're currently playing uh, a game of pulp Cthulhu with with Ian, and uh, my character has telekinetic telekinetic ability, and I always forget that she has it. I just forget, and people are like, "Bitch, you got mind powers, use them." I'm like, "Oh, he's too heavy, I can't lift." They're like, "You have mind powers," so I wrote a note. Well, Zach actually wrote <laughs> this. Said, "Bitch, you got fucking mind powers," and I put it in my dice tray. And. So, and to be fair, um, that game, you used telekinesis more in that single scenario than you did in any of the past ones. Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes you just got it. You get flustered and you forget certain things that you have available. To dude, you. Lindsay, Lindsay, so, the car door. Yeah, the, definitely take a breath. It's going to be OK. Yeah, dude, the, the car door <laughs> telekinesis scene was clutch. It was that was clutch. Yeah, that was that was fun. I also have to agree, as a game master, I always feel like I'm rushing through a scene because I want to make sure everyone's getting their time and getting everything they need. So I feel like I'm rushing so I can turn the focus back on the players. But, like, everyone be aware, your time's your time. Like, take it as you need it. And you'll be aware if you're taking way more than you need. Not a little more than you need, way more than you need. But, like, just take your time. Think your options, like breathe in and out, and like you'll know what you want to do, and then you can pass. Like it doesn't have to sit on you the whole session. Yeah, and I think it it goes back to that whole judgment piece of I'm afraid that I'm going to get judged by the players at the table if I try this. Um, I, I like your guys' recommendation of just taking a deep breath and just 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 out with it, just let it out. What do you want to do? Nobody's going to judge you because I guarantee you everybody at the table has said something just as kooky or just as wacky as what you're about to say. Remember, the, I, I, you know what? I'm actually, I, I didn't want to do this, but I'm going to quote a Stoic philosopher, Seneca the Younger. The worst things that ever happened to me happened to me in my imagination. They didn't happen in real life. So just try it. Just, just if you've got an idea, just out with it. And if it's something, if you say, if you, if you say, okay, this is what I, you know, if you're not sure and it's really weighing on you, that's what your DM is for. You look at your DM, you say, okay, this is the thing that I'm thinking about doing. 
and your DM will walk you through it or say, that's not something that's going to work. Or yes, I will work with you on it. Let's do it. And, and Lindsay, to that point, and, and Zach can back me up on this. There's plenty of times I've pulled Zach aside and said, what, would ha- what do you think about me trying this or that? I, I totally love when a player pulls me aside and says, I have this really weird idea. What do you think about this? Like, that's awesome. Do it. I'll be up front with you. Okay, and my next topic is more of a from the Boy Scout angle. Hey, bring pretty pencils, bring pretty dice. If you have an extra sheet, I promise someone will like buy you a candy bar or a soda. Just be prepared. That's legit. If yeah, especially if you ha- if you bring extra pencils, you've you've definitely got snacks coming your way. Rob, do you want to lead the next topic? So I've actually uh, I've actually run out of topics, and I. Uh... Can't see the list, but if anybody wants to feed me one, I'd be happy to comment on it. How about be open to openness? Yeah, okay. I, I like that. Um, so I did a bunch of theater stuff go, you know, coming up through school. So it always, what I always keep coming back to when we're role-playing, and it kind of feeds into uh, not being afraid to just try stuff, is uh, always yes and. So even if somebody takes something and dives off in another direction other than where you were going, um, it's going to be more fun if you just roll with it, um, see where it goes. Usually you can loop it back to what you were trying to do as well if you really want to do that. Uh, but nothing makes it more awkward than if like Ian goes off in one direction and then I just talk over him and I'm like, no, nah, we're not going to do that. Instead, we're going to do this. Um, just be open to to taking things where they go. You know what, Rob? I like the – you've used that comment a couple of times, the yes and comment. There is a there's a role playing book that I bought for my six year old son. My my wife and I found it. It's called Adventure Tales, and part of the first chapter of the book talks about when you're setting up a story for your, your for your child. Don't ever say no to something that they want to try. I'll always say yes and try to try to expand on it. Don't ever try to put a a wall in front of them and say no. That's out of bounds see where their imagination is going to go. So I, I really like this particular topic here. I completely agree with it. Yep. The classic tenet of improv and, and, and is, is yes. And, and this is really what you're doing. I mean, it's, it's long form <laughs> improv storytelling and that's always the best way to go because nothing will kill something deader than not. Yes. Ending. Okay. Ian, would you like to lead the next topic? Like, um, again, I'm going to mine, I'm going to go off of uh, Brian's list here of getting out of your comfort zone. Uh, his, his One of his points here, and, and it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about, but just um, getting out of the comfort zone is not just role-playing, like role-playing comfort. Also, think about different character concepts and try to play a concept that you wouldn't normally be drawn to. So you'll you'll and you'll see this a lot with with D and D. You'll see a lot of people play a paladin over and over again, or a wizard over and over again, or they just kind of have the same character concept over and over again. It's it's really good to kind of uh, something I like to do is I like to put about six or seven or eight character concepts on a little piece of paper and pull one out of a hat. Just that's the one I'm going to do. 
Um, just make it random. Just have fun with it. It's don't don't be serious about it. It's just a game, and and it's and it's here to see how far you can stretch your imagination and your ability to critically think. One of my favorite <laughs> one shots role playing was one that I was in with Zach. Uh, and I literally didn't really know what to do. We were playing Call of Cthulhu, and I said, "Zach, you pick. You pick what I, you pick. You pick what I play." And Zach ended up just rolling, and I had the best time. And that that was one of the most fun. That's it was freeing and fun. And so some 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 just you just gotta just if you feel like maybe you're stuck in that rut, just roll a roll a character and see what happens. Yeah, like occasionally I'll roll some character concepts, like either I'm going to use as an NPC or a full character. The one I'm excited to play next is a a woman that has clairvoyance, and she's just a heartless bitch that like runs like a stock empire. Like she's like just pure capitalism. And I've never really played a woman before, so I'm kind of excited. I'm so excited. That's so cool. <laughs> RC, do you want to lead the next topic? And it, it, we're starting to get down into the nitty gritty here where we're starting to pull back on other things but learn from other people at the table please good players will show you what things what skills you should incorporate like the yes and or if they have some weird knack of doing things that you just want to start pick up on doing pick it up try it give it a go and you'll learn what it's really just basic socializing. You'll learn what other people just outright despise you doing at the table. RC, you're you're absolutely right. If if you're doing something that is not cool, if you've got the social wherewithal to read the table, it'll be pretty obvious that that you went too far or you did something that was maybe uh, out of bounds. And the hope is is that we would tell you regardless. Is that the players that tell you be like, whoa, man, we're starting to drift into somewhere I don't want to be. And that that's probably a, a tip for both GMs and players. If somebody says that we're drifting somewhere we don't want to be, it's it's probably good for everybody at the table to take take note of that and be like, okay, we won't go there again. Yeah, absolutely. Just just speak up. Uh, there's no judgment. Um, because there's there's definitely topics that can come up in games like Vampire the Masquerade and Call of Cthulhu. There's definitely some uncomfortable topics that come could come up. So, so you you have to be open and honest and transparent about it. Yeah, and this may be leaning into, the, or this is leaning into like future games that we've talked about running. Um, I think Zach has a Call of Cthulhu game that takes place during the Reichmark. Like that was a really weird time in human history where where the debauchery and like true despicable nature of humanity was starting to come out. And it's, you, you have you, to be an adult and you have to have a group of people that you're like, okay, are we comfortable with talking about the topics that are going to come up during this? Additionally, on top of that, it's also knowing that, Hey, in addition to incorporating everything around you from good players and every other players, you can also set other players up. It happened Tuesday. Our player, Sean set up Nate to be a better sniper by scouting out a belfry. He has no bonus for like belfries. He is a close combat character, but he's still scouted up there for another character. Like he did the groundwork. 
Lindsay, do you want to take the next topic? Sure, absolutely. Um, I think another important one, especially if you're new and starting out, is don't don't be afraid to ask questions. I know that that's terrifying in all aspects of life, and I'm someone who will, who usually someone who will try to do everything in her power to not have to ask someone a question. But it's really, especially in this environment, it's kind of a detriment because that's the DM is there for you, and your fellow players are there for you. So if you have a question, absolutely ask because they would be happy to help. Um, so if you ever feel unsure or you're, you're, you know, you have a question about an ability or something that you're just not sure of, always ask because people will, people will definitely help you out. Everyone starts brand new. Yeah. Unless the DM has like a Gary Gygax costume on and you're playing Tomb of Horrors. Don't be afraid to ask questions there. Everyone at the table is there to help you, whether that's them handing you some dice or remembering, hey, you get a plus two to that, or hey, remember you have 75 in that skill. Oh, hey, you have sneak attack. You know, things like that. Oh, hey, you have telekinetic powers. Remember? Remember that. Remember, woman? (laughs) Speaking of that, that that happens a lot is, um, I see you guys remind each other about uh, the opportunity for bonus dice. Uh, when When you're making rolls, you guys will remind each other that You'll you'll get you get some kind of bonus dice for that. Yep. Help someone else out. The game master in theory is expected to know all the rules. They don't. I promise you they don't. I look up the Call of Cthulhu Sanity rules every time. That book is massive. Everyone at the table is there to remember most of the rules. And maybe a handful of players will remember one section more than the others. The goal is everyone at the table knows the rules. And the game master's job is to just adjudicate any discrepancies or arguments or just discrepancies in conversations about the rules. The goal is just to get the story moving as quickly and efficiently as possible. For, for my next topic, it's a big one. I deal with it at work, but a lot of people just can deal with it in all parts of their life. Engage in active listening. Fully listen to your environment, to your fellow players, what the game master is actually telling you. RC mentioned it earlier. We were playing Warhammer Fantasy and a Plague Priest of Nurgle, by the way, super bad, came by on a flying disease monster and threw a play skull at everyone. And the check was roll to catch this. And every other player started rolling dice to like catch that thing. And RC is like, wait a second. I don't want to catch this at all, and put his dice down. And uh, yeah, it was it was a good good tipping point for the kind of games that I was going to get in with this group. Is oh, did I actually want to do that? No, I'm good. <laughs> you sure you want to make that spot hidden check? No, I'm good. I think that's um we we talked about that before when we were. Introducing new players into Call of Cthulhu, that there's there there's some roles that you actually don't want to succeed. Yeah, it it costs you your sanity and just you know, generally sometimes it's better just not to roll. Even if I tell you there is a check for it, doesn't mean you have to roll. You can always choose to fail. Now, Rob, I have a topic for you. Don't feel confined by the plot or what's presented in front of you. Don't be afraid to think around corners. Yeah, I think this is another one that just kind of falls back into the same category of, you know, just 
kind of just boils down to just roll with it. Um, it's the DM's job to get us to the main story points. You know, they'll steer you there. So even if it feels like they're pushing you in one direction, if you've got something you want to try or you got, you know, you don't want to derail the story. There's kind of a line to walk there, but don't be afraid to uh, basically just kind of roll with it. You know, if you have an idea, go for it. It'll fit or it won't. If it fits, great. Everybody will have fun. If it doesn't fit, the story will write itself. It's not going to, you're not going to ruin anything. Rob, I think that's a really good point is, is just to, for new players to keep in mind, no matter what you do at the table, nobody's going to, it's not the end of the world. It's, it's nobody's going to die. Nobody's life is on the line. The story is not going to come to a grinding halt. That's not, not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It, you can't break exactly it. Exactly. That, thank you. That you can't break it. It's, it, it can go in any, it can go in an infinite number of directions. I mean, I have definitely seen some derailing, but it was some pretty harsh derailing. Right. It, 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 at that, at some point, it becomes almost intentional, and I'm not that. I'm not saying that's what happened in your circumstance, but it, at some point, you almost have to be trying to derail it if if it's if it's that out of bounds. If if I'm remembering the event you're talking about, yeah, that was. That was borderline intentional, and that that's it's in their topic list. But knowing when you're pushing the boundaries of, hey, this this will end the game for everyone else. It's it, this isn't another thing. This isn't a thing that I want to do because I already have things planned for you guys. Puts a bunch of work that I already have ready down the drain. Work with your GM. He is also a part of the story. He or she is also a part of the story, regardless of what's going on. And Lindsay, would you like to do the next topic? Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of what we haven't covered by the moment. How about don't expect cool things to happen for your character unless you set them up? Right. I think that's something to remember that you can't expect, you know, the DM to hand you cool moments or it, it's something that you actively have to to think about um and that goes also into you know understanding what your character can do and um so yeah i mean it's it's something that if 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 you want it's all about it as far as what your character is going to do if you want something cool to happen it's something that you have to work on yourself and like i said if you have a super cool idea and it's something that you want to set up and it all comes back to having, you know, you know, reaching out to if you're unsure or if anything like that feels weird or if you're unsure, definitely ask someone at the table or the DM about your idea or how you would want to go about doing that. If you have an over like a huge idea of something that you would like to do, definitely talk to your DM about it. Um, But don't expect, you know, it, you know, cool moments to just, you know, some, if that's what you want, you have to try to work on it yourself. Yeah, I like to see something I see a lot of players do. I've seen a lot of players do throughout my history of role playing is they'll they'll plant these seeds throughout the campaign. It doesn't matter what game it is, but you can tell that they're they're planting seeds for things to happen later on. Either they're uh, making connections in a town before they leave to go to another place and 
with anticipation of being back at that town. Um, maybe, maybe I've, I've, I've set up your characters killed the same man three times. Oh, that's that, that, that one hits home for Zach right there. Is he dead, Zach? I mean, the third time. Yeah. Uh, definitely. But yeah, just pl- plant some seeds and see what happens, especially if it's a game where you're doing a lot of traveling. Um, you can always you know, plant, the, plant those seeds in different towns, different parts of the place where you're going to be um, and, and set up like a little network. I mean, e- even that can can give the, the keeper or the DM or whatever game you're playing, it can give them uh, some fuel to to go with. Yeah, if you can drop anything, even little things um, that hopefully your DM can use later against you, <laughs> it's always fun. And let's face it, that's what it's going to be. They're going to use it against you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But that's the fun of it. They're going to hit you in the face like a baseball bat later. And that's the good thing. That's what makes it fun. I'm sure Pat will mention the coffee table that attacked him multiple times, having babies and attacking him. A coffee table had babies? Yep, had many babies. One of them even, even uh, bit a homeless man in half. Jesus! Wow. Yeah, they were spawning in his uh, uh, his warehouse. His smuggling warehouse. Was this, uh, w- was this Blackwater Creek? Right before okay, it. Gotcha. Uh, one thing I'll mention is say what you want and mean. It doesn't have to be in character in the game, but like if you're telling all the players or the DM like you want something or you want something of your character, say it in plain English. Like instantly resolves all the issues. Just say what you want. I think that's a general life skill to learn that you could that if you're really struggling with RPGs are probably a good place to start with. Yeah, like I said, just say just say it. And then just say, okay, if you're you know, if you're not sure you're or you feel like you're dancing around it just say it and then this is what i'm trying to do this is the idea i have and then you can go from there another one i would like to point out even though it's a skill i don't super have very well at least don't be afraid to speak in character i'm in fact awed by every time i see someone do it it's just something i need to master this is my god i love speaking in character yeah, this is this is one I, I I can say a lot about. I love this. Um, I love 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 this. Can't say enough good things about this. I encourage everyone to do it because why not? Um, there's you you can just have a whole good good time with. And I just love doing different voices anyway. I just kind of like doing that in role playing too, in like normal life, but. I uh this is this is something that's very near and dear to me uh, especially the the game that we're running right now there's there are certain characters that I love to do their voice like when they're part of the scene I'm very excited that I get to do their voice um and then and it, there's been certain play uh PCs that I've had there's been certain characters that I've had in some of Zach's games that yeah, I'm definitely excited that I get to do a voice. So this is this is something that you should definitely do. Makes it a lot more fun. And leading into an expanded topic, we can cover how to be a better game master because we covered how to be a better role player. Uh, the first step of that is just prepare. Whether you're doing a module, whether you're doing your own thing, just prepare. Because your players are going to do whatever they're going to do. 
prepare what you can. That way you have the mental energy and the fortitude to adapt to whatever they're changing. I guarantee Ian in our recent pulp campaign has had to spin the wheels a whole bunch for the crazy crap I've came up with. Oh, not not just you, everybody. Um, everybody has uh, up upended um, everything, and but that's okay because, uh, like Zach said, if you're prepared, that's fine. Uh, because you and 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 actually, the trick to being prepared as a keeper is to not over prepare. You want to have some ideas and general concepts of what you want to do in your story, but you do not want to put down railroad tracks or the players to put a little card on and go right on down the track. That is not what we're doing. You have to be prepared to turn right and turn left. Zach's absolutely right. There's There's been plenty of times that I've had to change course, and changing course typically will lead, I'll say it's better than 50-50, it'll lead to something better down the road than you already had planned. I can almost guarantee it. Like burying someone under a pier. That's one example. I can say from experience, Ian's right about about the railroad tracks, no, you're piloting a riverboat, and maybe you missed a current, like, bend in the river, you'll just take the next one. As long as you get to about the right spot, you're fine. RC? No, honestly, I, I, in the few games that that I've run for you, I was very free-form anytime that it came up. It's like, well, this is here, but I'll work around whatever happens to happen, like you self-immolating with Moonshine. Sometimes you just <laughs> have to deal with things like that. Oh, yeah, my super southern fighter who should have been a barbarian. Oh, man. Lindsay, I know you haven't really run too many games, but what is your opinion of that concept of just preparing enough for what you need? Yes, it's like it's almost like you're preparing an outline almost in your head of, okay, this is where we are. This is where, you know, just having a basic, like Ian said, basic ideas of, of where, you know, basic and a basic outline of what you want to happen as far as the story goes, but you can't plan for every i know the first few times i tried to run anything it's like you're trying to plan for every inevitability and you just can't so the way that you have to do it is that you just have to have an idea an outline of what you're doing um and have you know and sometimes you have to switch swap things around like you had certain plans to have, okay, well, I have stats for these certain monsters that they were going to be over here, but you know what I could do? I could flip and flip this around and move them here. And then sometimes you just have to do quick thinking like that. But if you, if you're prepared in a way that you have an outline, you have, you know, certain things around you that at your disposal have your tools. And then, because you can't plan for everything and you can't, like I said, like you, like Ian said, railroad, at all it's just not gonna it's not gonna be it's just not gonna work as far as a game goes but that that's that's been my experience um because the first few times i tried to run anything i definitely fell into that that over planning um you know no, Lindsay, and that's that's totally fair because if you if you try to actually plan for every contingency as a dm a storyteller a keeper if you try to plan for every contingency, then you're going to stop having fun 
running the game. You're not going to have fun anymore because you've planned 50 different things for the players to do, and they're only going to do five of them because it's only possible for them to do five of them. So you, you feel like you've wasted your time. It's like 25% planning, 75% improv. I, I that's, that's pretty that's pretty that's pretty close. I always call it the eighty twenty rule because I'm a I'm a project manager at heart, but I always call it the eighty twenty. It's twenty percent planning, eighty percent improv. That's that's pretty close. And Rob, how about your perspective as a player looking in? It, it it's kind of the same concept in reverse as as I've been saying for the players. You just got to be ready to roll with it. I mean, you do want some things planned. You don't want to show up unprepared, um, but you know, the players are going to improv it. So you got to be flexible and ready to improv it as well. Yep. That's a perfect way to say it. And another follow-up to that is knowing the rules, you are not expected to memorize a a 500 page technical manual. Absolutely not. You are not expected to master it. You're not expected to know every spell. You're You're expected to know core concepts and how to quickly adjudicate something and get the story back on track. Their reference. You're not supposed to. Mem- you can't. You, there's no way. There's no way. They're, they're more like guidelines. <laughs> yeah. If if you if you play this like a law book, if you play this like an ironclad like rules judge, you're gonna kill it for everybody. You, you've got to be flexible. You've got to be adaptive to. Um. There's there's gonna be things that you want to do as a keeper. Um, Zach, RC, I'm sure you guys, this has happened to you. This has definitely happened to me in the past. There's been things I wanted to do that aren't in the bounds of the rules, so I just kind of make it work. Don't be afraid to do that. Don't be, afra- don't, be a- don't be afraid to break the rules. Literally in the Tuesday game, I want to roll on these tables a whole bunch. We'll make a sanity roll. I don't care if you pass or fail. I'm rolling on the damn table. I don't care. That's what I'm doing. I'm having fun. I'm going to make so spoiler, RC, that's why everyone rolled on the table. I wanted to have fun with it. There are like four tables in that book. Oh, no, I figured. My favorite uh, story about, a, about a, a, a keeper bending the rules was, uh, Zach, that game that we played over Discord. Um, and I, you started giving me sanity points for zippy one-liners. Sold. <laughs> Like every time I had like a, a a good enough one liner after we killed an enemy, Zach was like dot 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 plus one sanity. <laughs> I mean, it's tech. It's technically not a rule, but having the players recap the session and gaining luck that saves me work. Sold. Steal it. Yeah. Anytime you can give players rewards for doing cool things. Uh, like Zach said, recapping is always a good thing because it, it kind of gives you that flashback so you can kind of get oriented to where we were. Oh, yeah, where did we leave off? Um, and, and giving players those little, you know, just those little tidbits for cool things that, that spice up the game, um, that really encourages that engagement that we like to see. Also, FYI, for any players, I guarantee you guys, on the GM side of things, whenever you guys give us a recap, it really tells us what you actually paid attention to and what's stuck in your brain. It also gives us time to think of like how to refresh the important points they missed, whether we have to do that through play or say it ourselves. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Zach. That's um, a very good point. Very good point. 
And Ian, you've mentioned it earlier, like it's about running it like it's a rules textbook rule, running it like a lawyer. No, it is not. It is a guide to have fun and approximation of rules. Your word is Lord. You are God. Go with it. If someone has an issue with it, you, we've already broken the game. Like we've already broken the bounds of the rules and moved on to something else. Absolutely. And, and, and in fact, every role playing system I've played in, and that's a lot. Um, I, I can't even sit here and prattle them all off. And somewhere in that book, it tells you that there are no rules. It's somewhere in the beginning of it. Look at a D&D book. Look at the DM's guide. Look at the player's handbook. Look at the keeper's handbook for Call of Cthulhu. Somewhere in there, it says there are no rules. So it, it, Or it says the goal is to have fun. And often it says the keeper's word is the final say on anything. Or the danger... Or the dungeon master's word is the final exactly. Because sometimes you'll throw—I mean—you'll throw something at the DM, and it may not fit in the rules, but the DM will go, "Oh, that's fucking awesome, and we're gonna do it." Like you never—you know—it's—it's it's about fun. Yeah, and the DM's not like lording that over you. It's—it's like, it's his responsibility. Like this is not a fun thing. Like you're there to just make things go well. It's not like you're lording it over the players. I can kill you at any time. Like. Well, why don't you think, well, I, I want to have players. No, and and it, odds are no storyteller is trying to do that. And in fact, I'd say, I, I'd say most storytellers are not trying to shackle you at all. They're trying to set up an environment to where you can make magic happen. Lindsay, you got any good game master tips? On my end, no, unfortunately. I gave about all I've got. I'm not as experienced in, in that area as you guys are. Means use your telekinesis. I know. <laughs> God damn it. It, it works every time, man. It, it hey, the car door. The the car Eight, door stop. Eighty eighty percent of the time it works every time. <laughs> Dude, I <laughs> Dude, that thing's staying in my dice in in my tray. It's staying right in there. You're gonna be playing something else. Oh yeah, I got fucking mind powers. <laughs> So we're playing bridge mind powers woman. So that's, that's what I'm waiting for next. Zach is I'm, I'm waiting for Catherine to flip a house over or something crazy like that. Jesus. Would you say 30 people could flip a house over? Easily. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot. I forgot yes. about the, I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, you give them enough metal rods. They can definitely flip a house. Oh, I can't wait to flip like a car or something. It's going to be great. So, so what we're saying is I need to like jump the Snake River Canyon and she'll just catch my car and rocket it into something. Ooh. Oh my god. Oh my god. Maybe. That that sounds like that sounds like a great way to start up the Mythos booster. Let's go. <laughs> or roll a new character, at least for me. Hey, out of curiosity, if you critically fail flipping a house, do they just remodel the house? maybe the property value just goes up they flipped it properly you know it's got a new bathroom well i want to thank all our listeners for joining us on our episode on how to be a better role player and how to be a better dm join us next week when we cover the alien rpg as promised and thank you for listening mm-hmm.